Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. I've enjoyed this series. I, uh, <clears throat> I hate to end it, but we got a good thing. Next week, I'm going to start a new one called The Devil Made Me Do It. When you have six out of 10 Americans that say they're not sure they believe in the devil, then we need to have a, a little understanding that we are in a battle and he's not some little make-believe character that we see in movie, but he's really out to destroy us. So it's not going to be a, a devil-glorifying series. It's going to be a Jesus-glorifying series because we win, right? But we need to understand how he attacks us. So people say, well, I'm not sure I'm going to come if you're going to talk about the devil. You need to come anyway. You're always interested. You're interested in Ouija boards. You're interested, is this really real? What about all of those things? So let's just get it out in the open. Let's talk about it next week for about three weeks before we go into our anniversary service. If you got your phone today, I hope you've been enjoying with us the reading plans. Some people say, well, I don't know how to find the reading plans. What we've been doing is every week in this series, we've been giving you a reading plan that you can read along with us. So if you have your phone out, let me walk it through you, uh, walk with you through that. So just go on there and go to the Father's House, thefathershouse.com, right? And you'll, when you come to thefathershouse.com, there's the uh, uh, first page, welcome home. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. And we're going to... Uh, uh, make disciples and our mission is there you can join in person yes we're open and celebrate recovery right now media the growth track life groups and then you'll come to the next one that says goal setters just like this by nicole crank and you push that goal setters and it'll say i want to join the plan with the father's house boom so you, you push that button, and then tomorrow, when we start, that will come up, and you'll see already we have 22 people from the Father's house that have joined us, and by tomorrow, we'll have more. And so it's a, it's a, a little devotional, and then there's some scriptures, and there's a chance for you to uh, talk back to people and say, wow, this helped me today. It was a good time. So sign up for that goal, getter, goal uh, setters, and then next week, I'll give you one about the devil that you can walk in victory and empower. Well, you have your Bible today. You have your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you have. Let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. So today we want to talk about living your life assignment on purpose, living your life assignment on purpose. What did you want to be when you were a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? I mean, some of you think that's been a long time ago, but what did you want to be? What did you want to be when you were just a kid? Now, I know when we went through high school, you know, we, well, it's what are you going to make a lot of money at? But as, as a kid, what did you want to do? What, what did you want to be? Now, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to ask it by raising of hands. How many of you are doing now or have done exactly what you wanted to dream of when you were a kid? Would you raise your hand? Look around. Look around at this. Is that amazing 
or what? As a kid, my grandmother used to get me around people and she'd say, Terry, I was five. What do you want to be when you grow up? I'd say, I want to be a church God preacher. That's what I wanted to be. And she thought that's a big kick. She loved to do that in front of her Baptist friends. <laughs> but she was Baptist, so I never could figure that one out. And so as a kid, you know, we had an old abandoned chicken coop that we used to have chickens. I hate chickens as much as cats. But anyway, uh, so uh, we cleaned out that chicken coop. And, and we'd play church, my sister and I. I would always preach. I'd make her get saved every time. We'd set up little pews and do that, and, uh, and who knew, as I was practicing in that chicken coop, that one day I'd be here talking to a bunch of, a bunch of people like you. <laughs> we live in a world today in which 70%, in a recent survey, 70% of people hate their job. That's why at 501, they bolt for the door. They hate their job. 70%. The average job change in America right now is a little over every three years, people change jobs. Some people change jobs as much as they change marital status, right? Uh, but a lot of people look at jobs and they say, oh man, it's a necessary evil. I've got to pay the bills and provide for the toys. It's a minority of people. In our life group last week with a bunch of guys, we had one of the guys say this, and I, I loved what he said. He didn't, he didn't know I was going to use it this morning. He said, I love to get up every morning and go to work. I love what I do. I'm good at what I do. I love to go to work every day. Now, there's some of you that feel that way. I mean, you can hardly wait. You're thinking about it tomorrow already. You love what you do. But there are a lot of people that they don't do that. That's why we see bumper stickers like this. Work is a four-letter word. Help me. I'm a POW, a prisoner of work. Oh, here's another one I saw the other day. I owe, I owe. It's off to work, I go. So we said four weeks ago, this was our opening thing that we talked about. Would you read it with me? Everybody ends up somewhere. Truth is, only few people end up somewhere on purpose. And we said the reason is that people don't have goals. They don't have goals that they're looking for. They just wake up and whatever happens, I'll play out this job as long as I have this job. And if another job comes along, maybe I'll jump on that one. I'll, I'll, go, I'll take this class and I'll do this and I'll do something else. And never stopping long enough to think long term, what are the goals that God wants me to achieve with my life? So we suggested several goals. The very first, the second week, we said we need a goal of knowing our life purpose. And there it is. Read it with me. To give glory to God and make him known. Let's say it again. To give glory to God and make him known. You say, what does that glory to God mean? It just means that whatever happens in your life, you realize that he's the reason of that and you put him first. Is that, is that a just simple way of saying that? So what do we do? We come to church the first day of the week on Sundays. We give the tithe, the first of our increase. At the first of the year, we, uh, we fast, we seek God. And we do all of those things by putting him first. So the second week, we said... We need to set some life goals, things that we believe that God wants us to achieve. Someone may call them a bucket list, things that we want to do. And last week, I gave you a copy of those. And if you didn't get a copy, they're out in the foyer of just some sample ones that I have so that you can begin working it. Paul said it like this. I do not run without a goal. 
I fight like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. How many of you honestly worked at setting at least one or two life goals last week? Would you raise your hand? Great. Now I want to give you a prophetic word. Watch me. Here it is. Whatever you put down as a life goal is not enough. I prophetically say to you that God has more for you than you've ever even thought about. I say prophetically, you were designed for more. So today our goal is that we want to live our life assignment on purpose. Point number one, if you're taking notes, and if you're not, you should be, here it is. God has a life assignment for you to do here on earth. He has a life assignment for you to do here on earth. And guess what? That life assignment is part of what will carry over to the new heaven and the new earth. Do you think that God talented you and gifted you in one arena so that on the new heaven and the new earth that you wouldn't be able to utilize those gifts that you have on that new heaven and the new earth? I love this verse in Ephesians 2 and 10 from the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, handmade. That's what that word means, poime. Recreated in Christ Jesus that we may do those what? Good works, look at your neighbor and say, I'm full of good works, which God had predestined or planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living a good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Everyone here today, before you were ever born, God pre-wired you with gifts, talents, and abilities, and he set out before you the, the area of your life assignment for you to fulfill. Now, we hear a lot in this world about, well, this is my job, this is my career, this is my calling, this is my vocation. And a lot of times, people combine those all together and say, well, my vocation is my career, my job is my, vo my vocation. The, the word vocation is a Latin word, and it's vocare. And it comes from voice, meaning literally a calling, a being called. And for us as Christ followers, it's my life assignment. So you see, I could have a job or a career, but my vocation, my life assignment, my calling could be totally different, could be totally different than what I do. A life assignment, listen to this, a life assignment is more than your job. Because when you retire, then you say, well, I don't have a job anymore. But you're still living. So you still have the life assignment, the vocare, the vocation that God put in you from the very beginning. There are hundreds of jobs that you can have in life. But there's one calling, one life assignment that he has given you. You see, if uh, God can bless you in a lot of jobs. Now, even if you're retired... You still have a life assignment. Let me, let me just break it down. Maybe see if I can help you help explain this a little more. A life assignment could be work that is outside of your salary. Or it could be like me. I get paid for my life assignment. Some of you, your occupation, your career, your job is what provides the money for you to live, but that's not your vocation. That's not your life assignment. 
Let me explain it like this. Maybe you're a businessman or a businesswoman. That's what you do. Say what I do. That's what, that's what, I, get a, that's what I get paid for. But your life assignment might have something to do with working with youth or working with kids in Kid City. I mean, no matter what you do, if you go to the park and you see kids, you're just sort of drawn to those kids and you go over and, hey, could I push you on the swing? Hey, I mean, of course, I know we're living in a crazy world today. You, can, you can't even hardly do that anymore, right? But you have that desire, right? That desire. Why? Because it's a life assignment that you never get away from. Some of you work all week long, and when you get over there in the, in the, uh, with the kids next door, and you're able to rock some of those little kids, or you're able to get down on the floor wearing your mask, because we do all that social stuff over there, and you work with those little kids. A hairdresser a few weeks ago, she said to me, that's my favorite time of the week. I love that. I love being down there and getting with those kids. So she's getting to part of what is her life assignment. Here's another one. Maybe you're a teacher. That's what you do, right? You get paid for being a teacher. But maybe you're always wanting to mentor people. You're wanting to help people. You're wanting to use your gift of teaching to teach people, right? And so some of us, some of you that are teachers, you get in trouble because you try to teach people and they don't want to be teached. I know that's not the real word, but I knew you'd understand what I'm saying. Or maybe you're a teacher, like Chin. That's what she gets paid for. But how many of you can say, when she gets up here behind that keyboard, her life assignment, her life assignment happens there when she brings us into the presence of the Lord. You see, you've worked some of you all your life at a job, but you have a life assignment, and now it's, what is that life assignment, Lord? How can I understand that? I love it this morning in our prayer time. One of the ladies said, I just feel like sometimes when people think about their life purpose, they think it's some grandiose thing, some big thing, but it could be just adding value to people's lives. You're the person who walks into a room, and you add value to people, and, and people, when, when, you, when they walk away, away from you and say, oh man, I just love to be around that person. Do you understand that could be part of your life assignment in this world and that God wants you to live that and in living that, then you fulfill your purpose of bringing him glory and making him known. Or we have a lot of doctors here. We have a lot of great doctors here. Maybe that's, your, that's what you get paid for. But your life assignment is Ever since you've been young, you wanted to help people to get better. You wanted to heal people. You wanted to do all of your ability to heal people. I've got a great doctor. And he says, I, I say that I can't come and went for my physical and everything is great, checked out. And he said, man, I look at church and we miss church so much. And he, he said, I look out there and I see the center section with no mask and I'm yelling at the screen, wear a mask, do that, whatever you wear a mask. <laughs> He's that healer. He's that doctor working through those things. Do whatever you can do. You know, let me just say this. Some of you are struggling about the vaccination. It's not the mark of the beast. I'm not telling you to get one. I'm going to get one. My wife probably is not going to get one. She's never had one, but she's 60 and I'm 71. So that makes a difference. And I've talked to doctors that I trust 
not doctors that are politically motivated, and not talk to pharmacists that I know that are not politically motivated, and they say, you can do it if you want. It's probably a good thing. Who's going to know? I mean, I'm talking to people now that have had COVID, and they're struggling with brain fog weeks and months after what they've had. And so we don't really know how all this is going to end out. But I'm going to just tell you this. It's not going to affect your life calling. It'll be the same. So you just go, I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but somebody need to hear that. Don't send me an email that you think that I'm serving the Antichrist because I won't read it. All right? <laughs> Ephesians 1, 11 through 12. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So if you're not a Christ follower... You're going to struggle and scratch your head. Why am I here? What's my purpose? But it's in Christ that we understand who we are and what we're living for. If you want to put in the parentheses there, my life assignment. It's in Christ that I know what I'm living for. My life assignment. Long before we first heard of Christ, we got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for a glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he's working out in everything and everyone. Let's look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he made a living, anybody tell me here, he made a living doing what? A tent maker. That was his what? That supported him. But what was his why? What was his life assignment? He was an apostle, a church leader, started churches, mentored people, encouraged people, won the lost. Romans 1 and 1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle. He said, that's my life work called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God to tell people. Now, I understand in my journal, this is how I have written it, and it may change, I may fine-tune it sometime, but my why, my life assignment, is to inspire people to fill their God-given destiny or their life assignment. Well, the first time years ago that I heard someone talk about destiny and purpose, it was like a trumpet went off in my mind. And, and so one of my grandkids said to me, have you always talked about destiny and purpose? I said, no, because I was raised up in a church. You never heard that. You just heard Jesus coming back. So you better get ready. Don't worry about anything else. The rapture bus is coming, getting us out of here. And people never went to school. They never did anything with their lives. They never applied, right? That's, that's, I'm sorry, but that's how I was raised. But when I heard this, that before I was born, God had a purpose, a life assignment. I thought, wow. I'm going to do everything I can for the rest of my life. So right now, I get paid for what I'm doing as a pastor, teacher, writer, mentor. But guess what? When I worked on a farm, my life purpose was this. When I worked in data processing, those of you who can't believe that, I worked in data processing. You, you just can't. You've never heard that, have you? You've never heard that, yes. Had a lot of hanging chads when I did it, right? Or when I worked road construction, didn't change my life assignment. Many of you today, your life assignment is to the marketplace. Acts 20 and 24, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Is that great? You say, well, that's just for preachers. No, it's not. It's you. You have a life assignment. He's assigned you. Are you going to fulfill that completely? John 17 and 4, I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail, Jesus said, what you assigned me. So the question is, how can I know my life assignment, Terry? 
How can I know my life assignment? So here it is. Your life assignment can be found where your talents and your passions intersect. Your life assignment will be found where your talents, your gifts, your abilities, and your passions intersect. 1 Peter 4 and 10. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. Discover your special ability and use it to help others and build the kingdom. Some of you are so good, you say, you know, I'm going to knock this wall out. and I'm just going to build an extension there. You never think a thing about that. It's just natural for you. I'm sitting there thinking, knock that wall out. What, what's going to happen to things? What do you mean you're going to knock it out? What are you, what are you going to do? But it, it's no big deal for you. Some of you, your life calling is hospitality. You can take a plate of Doritos and you can make it like the statue of David. I mean, it just amazes me. And then you say, but this is too simple. It comes too normal for me. It's just too easy. It's natural. It's natural because you are supernaturally DNA linked to God that says, I want to give this person this ability and I use it to help others. And then when other people say, you do that so good, I say, it's because that's how God gifted me. And you know what? He's gifted you the same way. And I make him known. Stop trying to make what you do in unessential in the body of Christ. It's your life assignment because you can impact people where you are that I will never impact because they don't trust me. I get paid for what I say. So, this is a stick. Anita decided that our house needed to be repainted and that we needed some updates. And she asked her friend Tiffany to come and help her paint. I was a cleaning boy. I clean and move. They never let me touch a roller or a brush. Success. Success. So Tiffany says, we'll take everything off the walls, and uh, well, we already did that, and we put them in a room. It looked like a, it looked like Patty's store, all right? It looked like the storage room. Everything from Starbucks signs, Harley Davidson signs, everything else, took them and put them in the room. And so then they started painting. And man, they did a really good job painting. It looks really good. And then Tiffany would go in the room and she'd look at all these things and she would repurpose them. And she'd say, well, let's try this here and that there and that there. And I'd say, dang, that looks good. How'd you you do that? Well, I I I just see it. And so then one day she says, when you go out shopping, I want you to buy some sticks and we're going to put them in a basket. And I got this, uh, whatever thing, something else there. And I said, I ain't buying sticks. I was raised in the country. This is a stick. Buy a stick? So I was at Hobby Lobby one day and 
I saw three of those sticks wound together. And they were on sale, so I thought. I wouldn't have bought them if they hadn't been on sale. I said, you know what? Okay, I'll buy them. So I bought them, and they put them in this basket. They put these little indirect lights, and I look at that, and I think, wow, that is good. That is good, and I was part of that. I bought a stick. So you may say, well, yeah, I'm going I'm to call Tiffany. Where is he? Don't ask her to do it free. That's what we do in the body of Christ. We find someone who has a unique gift and talent, and we want them to do everything free. No. But you can negotiate that price. But anyway, she probably doesn't have time to even work with you. But anyway. (laughs) Some of you, what you do comes so natural. Some of you are influencers. And at a party, everybody gathers around you. They just want to hear what you, what you have to say. And when you go to work, they want to come around you, and they want to be there and hear what you have to say. Some of you, you love to work alone. You love to do math problems. Imagine. You love to do those things. Others of us, our skin crawls if we're confound to a desk for very long, Right? A lot of you, what was easy, when I was in college, there was a lot of courses that were hard for me, but drama, theater, radio, TV, those all came so easy, I could almost coast through those because that was my niche. That was part of my life calling. In high school, my, I took speech the first year and my speech instructor said, I want you to try out for a play. I tried out for a play. I won the leading role. I had the leading role for four years and everything that was there. Here's what he said to me. Heathen, he was a heathen. And he said, man, I see, I see marks of greatness in you in oral communication. You should spend the rest of your life developing that. Now, he could just as easily said, you need to spend the rest of your life being who God created you to be, but he didn't even know how to do that. We're all good at things. I love this verse, Exodus 31, 3 through 5. This should encourage some of you. God is saying about the people, he said, I filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. That's that's some of you. And you thought, that couldn't be my life assignment. See this ring here? It's a cherished ring. Anita went to South Africa on a mission trip, and she bought me back a, a, a Krugerrand, and that's the coin. And we used to have a jeweler that came to church. His name was Jack. I said, Jack, I really would like a big, flashy ring for this. And he said, okay, let me see. And a few weeks later, he brought this ring back to me. I said, man, how did you do that? He said, well, I took a wedding band, set the coin in the wedding band, and I handcrafted everything else around that. So when I wear that, it reminds me. We all have gifts from God. 
and he wants us to use it to give him glory and to make him known. Look at this, Romans 12 and 6. Let's go ahead and be what we're made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves to somebody else. Let God set you free and become who he created you to be. If you have a talent, but you don't have a passion for that, it's just a hobby. If you have a passion, but you have no talent for that, it's just a hobby. You want to find what you're good at. Now, so one of the ways that we help you around here is that you need to go to Growth Track. Because in Growth Track, we talk about how can I find out my life's calling, my gifts, who God. And then also in life groups. In life groups, when people get to know you, you can say to them, what am I good at? Because some of you have been told you're not good at anything for so long, you don't believe that. But what am I good at? What do you, where do you see me good at? Look, if where you think you're good at, if we have to gas you up all the time to do it, you're not good at it, all right? But if it's there, you don't have to be gassed up. Now, it probably won't be instant. You probably won't just jump into it instantly. Number three, God allows us to go through specific experiences that shape us. God allows you to go through specific experiences that shape you. What we've been through makes us who we are. Sometimes they're good experiences. Sometimes like, like uh, uh, maybe a, a troubled kid is going through stuff and he's required by the counselor to go to a court and he has to sit there and watch the whole court proceedings to try to scare the devil out of him. But he sees an attorney stand and argue a case. And now what he's just experienced, something on the inside says, I'd like to do that. I think I can do that. And his life has changed. And there's also bad things. Scripture says, I think you ought to know about the hard time we went through. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us. And he did help us. And he saved us from a terrible death. Maybe you've been through addiction. Maybe you've been through a big legal battle. Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you've been hurt. You know what I found? Most of the good drug counselors that I know were once druggies. Some of the best counselors I know are counselors that went through hard times. So don't, don't, don't say, well, because I've been through this, I could never fulfill what God wants me. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, he always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in a painful trial. We can bring them this same comfort that God has poured upon us. His Paul is simply saying, we go through things and God walks with us so that when, when we walk through that, we can turn around and reach back to somebody else that's going through the same thing, going through the same thing. Now, number four, this next one is not for everyone. But I can show you how you can 10x the results in your giftings. 10x the results in your giftings. You, number four, you can potentially 10x your results through two things, instruction and discipline. First of all, through instruction. You need to find somebody going where you want to go and, and hook up with them. Find out what they're doing. Paul said this, I urge you to imitate me. 
We say, oh, we shouldn't imitate anybody. No, you should imitate. He said, I want you to imitate. Do it the way that I do. When we first started this church, I um, I'd never pastored or uh, just a very brief time. And really, it was a denomination. So you really can't say you're not on your own there to give you things to say. But I had to come up with teachings. So you know what I do a lot of times? I would preach some of Jack Hayford's teachings or some of my mentor, Rick Godwin's teachings. Rick told me a long time ago, he said, no one ever feel bad about that. Remember, we're all just voices crying in the wilderness. If you think you come up with something that's never come up with before, you're just fooling yourself. We're just voices. So until I found my voice, I imitated people that I knew who were good. And out of that, I discovered my voice. You listen to singers. Singers, there'll be a certain niche that they like, and they'll listen to those singers. They'll listen, or playing instruments, they'll listen to the rift. How's that? You like that word, Matt? The rift, yeah. They'll listen to that, and they'll say, let me practice that. What they're doing, they're imitating. They're imitating until they find their voice. They're imitating until they find their voice. So, are you teachable? Are you willing to have a mentor in your life? Elijah asked Elisha, the young man coming along, ask what, you, what I'll do for you. And Elisha said, give me a double portion of the spirit that's upon you. I want to multiply my effectiveness. Elijah performed 14 miracles. Elisha performed 28. If you're in sales and your sales is $50,000 a year, find somebody that's doing 250,000. Hook up with them, take them out for lunch, buy lunch. Have some questions ready. Ask them. Ask them how they do that, how they do that. Find that. And then imitate that, imitate that, imitate that. You say, well, you know, I'm, it's not about that. I'd just like to be a better spouse. I'd like to 10x being a better spouse. Well, okay. Well, let's think about that. Say you've been married for 10 years. And let's say once a year, sparks fly. I mean, awesome. Fireworks. The works. You say, whoa, that one thing. And I say, what was that? Well, once a year, we kind of dress up and we go out and man, afterwards we come back home and man, it's just like, whoa, I just, I just can't believe it. It's just, it's just so awesome. Okay. All right. For 10 years, you've been doing that once a year. How about doing it once a month and see what happens? And you know what? We're going to help you at the volunteer banquet. We're going to help you. You can get dressed up. Sean, you can wear your tux. You can come and you can dress up. And we'll just set the, we brought in some professional entertainers as seen on TV. True. And they'll entertain you. And it's for volunteers who served in 2019 or 2020. You should have got the email. And if you didn't get the email, they need to call the office this week and say, what am I, chop liver? But the issue is some of you give us emails and you never look at them. So I should say, give us an email that you actually read. You say, you know, I just, I just want to walk closer to God. Okay, then 10x the amount of time that you pray and spend with him. So you do it two ways, through, through imitation and then second of all, through discipline. Colossians 3 and 23, whatever you do, work at it. How? Not half, fill in the blank, but with all your heart, Right? This is, my, this is my life calling, okay? Work at it with all your heart. As unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Find out where you're gifted and put your time in developing that. Proverbs 22 and 29. Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. 
He will stand, not stand before obscure men. Well, you know, I'm just a gym trainer. No, no. Pour your heart into it. And you'll be training executives that are influential in this world. Well, I'm just in sales. No, you're not just in sales. Pour your heart into it. And you'll be touching people that are around the world. God put you on this earth because he has a life assignment for you to fulfill. St. Augustine said this. Men go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains. They wonder at the huge waves of the sea. They wonder at the long courses of rivers. They wonder at the vast compass of the ocean, compass of the ocean. And they wonder at the circular motion of the stars. And they pass by themselves without wondering. I wonder what God has for me to do. I wonder how big it could be that God has for me to do. See, when you have talents and gifts and abilities, you can waste them on yourselves and build your kingdom and everything is about you. Or you can ignore them and never do anything about them. Or you can use them for the glory of God and to make Him known. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're watching online, and you say, you know what? I don't even really know goals for my life. I, I just sort of show up for my job. That, that's no way to live. You need to have some life goals. This week in the life group, I challenged the guys that we're, that we're meeting with, and I said, you know, what are some of your life goals? And one guy started giving safe goals. Well, I have these goals. I can check them off every day. And here's what I love about life groups. Another guy looked at him and said, oh, so you just set safe goals, huh? Goals you know you can get on your own. I said, come on, give me a goal. Give me a big one. Give me a big one. That only, it can only happen if, if God gets in it. And he shared. And that's what I'm asking you in these four weeks. Don't just sit and listen to this teaching. Say, well, that's interesting. It's a good Passover one. I'll pass it over my shoulder to my son or my daughter. They need it. They're young. No. If your heart is still beating, there's something that you need to fulfill to make this world a better place, to give glory to God and make him known. Let me pray for you today. Would you bow your heads? Father, I pray today. And I thank you, Lord, that Everyone here today, under the sound of my voice, and those that are on the, at home and at church at home, every one of us have a purpose. We have a life calling, an assignment. It may not be the job that we're doing, but it's a life assignment. And we're good at it. We just think it's so simple, that couldn't be God. But Lord, I pray today for revelation that you would help us to know that is our life assignment. As you continue to pray about where you are in your life assignment, if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, and the scripture we read just a minute ago said, I can never really even know why I'm here or who I am without Jesus. Because I was created. I was created by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit to know him and to live for him. So maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I've I never even, even thought about inviting Jesus into my heart. And, you know, 
let him take the wheel because I've been messing up. But today you'd say, I, I'd like to surrender my life. I'd like to surrender to the artisan who made me, who loved me so much that he gave me unusual talents and gifts and abilities. And when I use those, I feel more satisfied than any other time in my life. If that's you today and you'd let me pray for you, would you raise your hand and say, Terry, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Others say, that's me. I would like to surrender my life to Jesus today. Maybe you're at home watching online. Just lift your hand. If that's you today, just lift your hand. Or maybe you've strayed away from the Lord, but today you feel like today's the day to rededicate my life to the Lord. Let me lead you in a prayer. We've all prayed this prayer at one time or another. Let's pray this together. We want to pray it together. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. And oh, by the way, God, thank you today for letting me see that I have a purpose and you're not through with me. As best as I know how, I want to be who you made me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.